In 2 Samuel 11, we see one of the great falls in the Bible. King David, the man after God's own heart, falls hard. And in this message called The Anatomy of a Fall, you and I are going to learn lessons about how to avoid falling to sexual sin. It's such a huge issue in our society, such a huge need that we know how to battle it and overcome it, and it's today on Walk in Truth. Welcome to Walk in Truth with Michael Lance. Walk in Truth is a ministry of Living Truth Christian Fellowship. It's our goal to build up believers and to reach out with God's truth to all people. And now, here's Pastor Michael. David was there at the palace. He had a cushy palace. Samuel Johnson said, If you are idle, be not solitary. If you are solitary, be not idle. He was alone. Sometimes when we find ourselves in a vulnerable spot, that's a good time to call a friend and say, man, I'm feeling like I could make a major mistake right now. If you have issues of sin patterns in your life, what we might call habitual struggles, which does happen to Christians, let's face it, then get an accountability partner. And when you're feeling weak, pick up the phone and say, would you walk with me? through these next couple of hours or through this valley or through this season, David had laid his armor aside. The Bible says, put on the full armor of God that you may take your stand against what? The schemes of the devil. But he laid his armor aside. He was vulnerable, weak, idle. Verse two. And when evening came, David arose from his bed. Now in the ancient world, apparently a midday rest Siesta, nap, power nap, was something that they practiced. And I praise the Lord for that. I think that's extremely biblical. (laughs) And as I get older, I'm more and more convinced in my theological perspective. But anyway. So David was kicking back. I don't know if he had taken a snooze, but he rose from his bed. Some versions say his couch. And he walked around on the roof of the king's house. And from the roof, he saw. Now, to walk around on your roof was common in the ancient world. People didn't really have backyards or porches. The roof is where you spent a lot of your time uh, just, you know, maybe enjoying a meal or just kicking back. You can, you can read a lot about this in the Bible and in other uh, ancient sources. So it wasn't unusual that David would be walking around on his roof. He probably had walked this many times. He had a good view from the palace. Um, In fact, if you get a chance to go to Jerusalem, you can have lunch at restaurants on the roof of the restaurant. And from the roof, you get a great view of the city. I was at a restaurant uh, some years back, eating a great meal overlooking the city of Jerusalem. And it gives you a wonderful view of what's going on. And so David's palace, I would imagine, was higher than most. And remember, it, it had been built on Mount Moriah, which was already an elevated place. So from David's palace, you could see the city well. And I wonder how many times he had walked the walk, you know, just gazing over his kingdom. Nothing wrong with that, right? Watching the city view and that kind of thing. But from the roof, he saw. He saw a woman bathing. The woman was very beautiful in appearance. Now, at first, you could say, well, Maybe this was just an accidental moment where David, you know, he's just surveying his kingdom, he's kicking back, and he saw something that 
he wasn't intending to see. And that's quite possible that, you know, this just happened, and I'm sure it wasn't an everyday occurrence, but somehow he looked, and there was this woman, and she was bathing, and he just was caught off guard. But there's something else here that I think we need to consider that I just thought about this week, and I'll just lay it out for you. Is it possible that David knew well who lived there and what the practices of this house were? I I suppose it's possible. In our modern age today, if you want to look for something in this category, that is to see a naked individual, to be blunt, you can find it. The accessibility of these kinds of images in our day is so incredible that it has become a national and international epidemic. And I'm not talking about just outside the church. I'm talking about inside the church. I was listening to a program from Focus on the Family just this last week. Levi Lusco was being interviewed. He's written a book called Swipe Right. Swipe Right, I guess, is a... uh, term that's becoming more and more popular where there are apps now, there's something like dating sites, but it's more like a casual site where you can hook up with somebody. And if you like their picture on these apps, you swipe right. If you don't like it, you swipe left. And if you swipe right and they swipe right on your photo and you swipe right on their photo, then you can pursue a relationship, which is often just a casual encounter for one night with a person. Because in our culture, more and more of the younger generation, millennials and otherwise, are beginning to ask questions about what marriage and covenants really mean. Do they mean anything at all? With the redefinition of marriage now all over the United States and the casual approach that uh, comes to this area of life, People are asking questions like, should you even be married? What does a covenant really mean? What is marriage? And when staples of society, biblical staples, ideas of God, marriage is God's idea, governed by God, begin to be redefined, a culture begins to lose its way. After the same-sex marriage laws came down the pike, there's groups of people right now that are now saying that they want what's called polyamory to pass. This is group marriage now. So if you want to have six and seven spouses of different genders within a marriage group, that should be fine because who's to say that's wrong? And if you want to include your dog, cat, and whatever else in the marriage, well, who's to say that's wrong? I mean, think about it. If you begin to redefine what marriage means, where does it stop? Who gets to define what the borders are? We're on a slippery slope, and I hope you can see it. And so more than ever, the church is facing some really serious cultural winds that are blowing hard in our direction, and we're going to have to decide if we're going to stand for biblical values or not, and it's not popular. And so there's David. Levi Lusco, by the way, said uh, the average uh, six-year-old gets their first exposure to pornography in our world at the age of six. One in three 13-year-olds are addicted to pornography, watching over 50 
clips a week. One in three 13-year-olds. It's our world. And so we can see how this applies. In that interview, he said he was exposed to it at a young age, and he said it takes 15 minutes to look and about 15 years to forget what you saw. But then he went on to confess that he's not even sure it's 15 years because some of you understand what I'm talking about, that when you see something, you don't really unsee it. And when they're talking about healthiness, and I'm just being real with you guys because this is where we live and the church has got to address it and here's where we are in our Bible. They're, they're talking about the healthiest people in marriage relationships and intimacy are the ones who never were exposed to that kind of stuff. They're the healthiest in their marriages. Now, it doesn't mean that we can't, you know, be renewed and, and have, you know, a chance to start over no matter what's happened to us. I'm not talking about that it's over for any of us because we know that in Christ there's, we're new creations, right? There's always a new beginning, but here's what happened. David looked, he saw she was bathing and she was very beautiful in appearance. She was stunning. And there she was, and David saw her. Now David had a decision like, I suppose everybody has a decision to make when something like this comes before us. Some of you may have accidentally come across something. We know how prevalent this is. So you can get an image on your phone or your computer or there can even be a billboard or a magazine when you're in the grocery line. And so there it is, right? And so sometimes you had no intention. You could be flipping channels, you know. Uh, you could be watching something on Netflix and all of a sudden, wow, there it is, right? So when that happens, you have a decision to make. And the decision that you need to make now is what you're going to do with that. Are you going to turn it off? Are you going to turn away? Are you going to delete that? Or are you going to play with fire? The book of Proverbs says, if you take fire to your chest, you are going to be burned. There's just no two ways about it. And so David looked and he had a moment of decision. Jesus brought this up in Matthew 5. Uh, we he uh, translates it this way. Everyone who is looking at a woman in order to indulge his sexual passion for her has already committed adultery with her in his heart. You can reference Matthew 5, 27 and 28. The book of James uh, deals with this as well. It says, blessed is a man who perseveres under trial, James 1, 12 through 15. For once he has been approved, he will receive the crown of life, which the Lord has promised to those who love him. Let no one say when he is tempted, I'm being tempted by God. For God cannot be tempted by evil, and he himself does not tempt anyone. Each one is tempted when he is carried away and enticed by his own lust. Then when lust has conceived, it gives birth to sin. And when sin is accomplished, it brings forth death. You know, uh, there's an old story about uh, a conversation between Adam and God. And he says about Eve, why did you make her so beautiful? And God responds, so you would love her. But why did you make her so dumb? And God responds, so she would love you. That's from Second Opinions, chapter three.
Hey folks, I've been telling you about different ways that you can connect with Walk in Truth. And one of the ways you can do it through modern technology is download the Radio Scribe app and search for Walk in Truth. There you'll have access to all kinds of cool resources, including one thing I'm going to highlight today, which is a devotional. It's a video devotion I've done on, will God give you any more than you can handle? Question mark. I'm sure you've had that question. It's a five minute video devotion. It'll bless you. You can refer friends to it and hopefully it'll help you with your walk. Download the Radio Scribe app, search for Walk in Truth and check out the devotion today. God bless you. For God cannot be tempted by evil, and he himself does not tempt anyone. Each one is tempted when he is carried away and enticed by his own lust. Then when lust has conceived, it gives birth to sin. And when sin is accomplished, it brings forth death. You know, uh, there's an old story about uh, a conversation between Adam and God and he says about Eve, why did you make her so beautiful? And God responds, so you would love her. But why did you make her so dumb? And God responds, so she would love you. <laughs> That's from Second Opinions, chapter three. In the book of Job, Perhaps one of the oldest books in the Bible, Job says, I've made a covenant with my eyes not to look on a woman to lust after her. If you are married and you have wandering eyes, let me just say to you, your spouse notices. Can I say that again? If you're married and you have wandering eyes, your spouse notices. I, I didn't think that was going to be so troublesome. That was just a minor point. I was just going to move on. But let's park there. When something comes across the computer screen that's beautiful, there's a difference between admiring beauty and lusting after somebody. And you know the difference. You know it. I don't have to explain it to you. You already know it. There's a difference between saying, as one pastor put it many years ago, good job, God. <laughs> wow, that person is good looking. It's another thing to begin to indulge a fantasy of focusing on that person with all the wrong thoughts and you, you get it, right? You don't have to go there. You can just say, boy, that person is handsome. Boy, that person is pretty. And that's it. See, sometimes in the Christian church, we get the idea that Christians got to walk around like this. I'm not going to look. Look, we want you to look where you're going, Okay. And if you see somebody beautiful, it's okay to admire beauty and leave it at that. But if you begin to indulge and you go beyond that, Jesus says at some point in that process, it becomes adultery. It's spiritual adultery. And of course, that 
what I just described to you sounds fairly innocent, right? It sounds, you know, like kind of everyday life, but I've been talking to you about what's going on with our culture and the epidemic of pornography. Turn to the book of Proverbs, which is to your right. Proverbs, right after the Psalms. Proverbs is a book of wisdom. It's a good book, and it's 31 chapters. Proverbs 5, to, to read regularly. Proverbs 5. We're going to pick it up in verse 14. Proverbs 5, 14 says, I was almost in utter ruin in the midst of the assembly and congregation. 515 of Proverbs. It says, drink water from your own cistern, fresh water from your own well. Should your springs be dispersed abroad, streams of water in the streets? Question mark. Let them be yours alone and not for strangers with you. Let your fountain, 518, be blessed and rejoice in the wife of your youth. As a loving hind and a graceful doe, let her breasts satisfy you at all times. Be exhilarated always with her love. For why should you, my son, this is written by Solomon, by the way, who had 700 wives and 300 concubines, so <laughs> physician, heal thyself, right? For why should you, my son, be exhilarated with an adulteress and embrace the bosom of a foreigner? For the ways of a man are before the eyes of the Lord, and he watches all his paths. His own iniquities will capture the wicked. And he will be held with the cords of his sin. He will die for lack of instruction. And in the greatness of his folly, he will go astray. Turn back to 2 Samuel 11. David had already opened the door for this sin. Here's why. Deuteronomy says that a man, a king, is not to multiply horses or wives to himself. And by our count, once this is done, David has at least eight wives. Why did David do this? Why did he disobey God in this area? The book of Genesis is very clear. A man shall leave his father and mother and cleave to his wife, singular, and the two shall become one flesh. That's Genesis 2, 24. Right at the outside outset of the biblical record, God defines what he made and God governs it. A man shall leave his father and mother and cleave to his wife, singular. Monogamous, heterosexual marriage is God's plan. You say, well, then why did God allow all this polygamy among some of the most famous Bible characters? I don't know. But he let them make their choices. And if you study the biblical record, you will find that every time there's a polygamous relationship, it is a disaster. God will allow you, even if you are one of his closest followers, to make your choices every day. What you're going to wear, what you're going to eat, what you're going to drink, what you're going to watch. I'm sure you've noticed. You get the right to choose. And the Bible says to choose wisely. And so David is there on the roof. He's seen something. Obviously, she was attractive. But David's got a home. He's got children. He's already got too many wives. What in the world is he doing? It's not like God hadn't blessed him. It's not like he didn't have companionship. And as the king, he pretty much was, you know, 
doing well in these areas of life as far as he didn't really need to go there. But there's David on the roof and David took the next step in the fall, the anatomy of a fall. David sent, verse three. He sent for her. Why? He's already married. Why send for her? Do you need more information about sin? When you're being tempted, do you need to find out more facts? You know, let's just break that down. Let's see if we can get an analytical study of the different angles of this particular transgression. <laughs> what? How about do what Joseph did when Potiphar's wife was propositioning him and he said, I'm not gonna do, I'm not gonna sin against God and I'm not gonna sin against my master. He's put me in charge of his entire house. The only thing he said is I can't touch you because you're married to him. And when she said, oh, come on, be with me. He said, no, no. And he ran away. And the Bible says in 2 Timothy 2.22, flee youthful lusts. In 1 Corinthians 6, it says, every other sin a man commits is outside the body, but the man that sins sexually sins against his own body. Please hear me. If you have an encounter of intimacy with an individual, there is no such thing as a casual hookup. That is a lie. Every intimate interaction you have with an individual leaves an imprint on your soul. Can I get a witness? Look, we have all in this room, probably a good portion of us have made our mistakes and not done things God's way. But don't you believe that lie that you can just do whatever you want sexually and there's not gonna be an imprint on your soul. That is a big, fat lie. It's a lie. And it's a lie right from the pit. And there are many walking around in our world today that are broken, empty. They have guilty consciences. They're trying to deal with the fallout of decisions in this area or even things done to them, and it's just a downright shame. And David sent, and he inquired, verse three, about the woman. And one said, so David's obviously got other people who know what's going on. One said, is this not Bathsheba, the daughter of Eliam? the wife of Uriah the Hittite? Well, David sent. He inquired about the woman and, and somebody responded and said, oh, I know who she is. She's, that's Bathsheba. She's the daughter of Eliam. She's the wife of Uriah the Hittite. Uriah the Hittite, by the way, is one of David's mighty men. At this current moment, he's on the battlefield fighting for David and David's kingdom. Now, at this point, you wanna yell, through the corridor of time at your Bible and say, David, take the way of escape. But let me just apply it to us. We've got to yell that to us. If you're contemplating the dangled carrot before you, you know, maybe I'll get a little bit more information about that. Can I just scream it to you? Take the way of escape. Don't do it. Don't go there. And there are people who sit in churches every week and they're contemplating cheating on their spouse. Let's just be real. It's the facts. And we could have all of our reasons. Well, you know, I'm not getting what I want out of the relationship or 
this person gives me compliments at work or whatever it may be, can I just say to you, don't do it. Don't go there. Because what usually ends up happening with sin is you get tunnel vision on the carrot. Oh, wow, that carrot looks, it looks delectable. <laughs> this is what happens to me. People plant things up at this pulpit. <laughs> now, I, I try to figure out, and, and I'm, I'm sure it's done out of just pure generosity. Anyway, that's just, <laughs> we'll just put that away. I've been donating many, you guys are so kind to your pastor, you know. I said something from the pulpit, and Snickers bars began to multiply. So I've been giving them away. But just so you guys know, my big screen has broken. <laughs> you guys. <laughs> Actually, it's been stolen. It's right there. Oh, okay. Anyway. Now take a look. Verse 3 says, She's the wife of Uriah. She's married. Oh, that, that's not a problem for many people in our modern society. Oh, you're, you're married? So what? There's websites that will tell you how to sneak around if someone's married. You can go to those websites. Big deal if you're married, right? I was talking to a young man who was giving counsel to a friend of his. I won't name any names, but... He was basically saying to his friend who's having some issues at home and there's another person who is involved and that person is already in their own covenant and there's kids on both sides and here was what my young friend said to his friend. Do you want to be that guy? Do you want to be the guy who ends up divorced, breaks up another home, all for your, whatever your reasons may be. Do you want to be that guy? Do you know in chapter 12 when Nathan the prophet is summoned by God to come to David and, and to tell him a story where he confronts David? He says to David, you are that guy. You got so upset at my story and you'll see the story in in 2 Samuel 12, you are that guy. Do you want to be that guy? You know, maybe the next time we're considering doing something dumb, we should ask ourselves, do you want to be that guy? Is that who you want to be? Hey folks, I'm excited to tell you about another way that you can connect with Walk in Truth. Download the Radio Scribe app and search for Walk in Truth. There you'll find a lot of cool resources. You'll be able to listen to messages. You can access devotionals. And you can partner with Walk in Truth and help us reach more people. Download the Radio Scribe app, search for Walk in Truth, and find a lot of cool resources there. I know it'll be a blessing to you. God bless you. Thanks for listening to Walk in Truth. Pastor Michael would love to hear from you. You can write him when you visit walkintruth.com.